Thanks for clicking play on the East Lake Tri-Cities Talks podcast. If you're new to this, we're trying to be the best church option for people in the Tri-Cities who aren't typically into church. We hope today's talk inspires you to take next steps in doing life in the way Jesus modeled and taught. If you're ever interested in being a part of one of our in-person gatherings, they take place every Sunday at the Uptown Theater in Richland. Check the website for current times. And regardless of what you look like, who you voted for, or where your tattoos are, we'd love to have you. But for now, here's our most recent talk. Well, welcome to Eastlake. My name is Brandon, the teaching pastor here. Thanks for coming out and checking it out in person. For those of you watching online on the live stream, here as well. Uh, if you are a first-time guest, you picked a great day to come check it out because we are kicking off a, a new series today. It's a series that I say new, but it's not new because we do it every year. But uh, it's a series called Advents, the four weeks uh, leading up to Christmas. Uh, and uh, it's it's kind of a, a fun. We're in that in that zone, guys. It's it's time. It's finally here. The lobby's decorated. The music's on. It's happening. You got your tree. Maybe you're going to get your tree soon or whatever. Um, I wanted to start today off by talking about something that showed up in my house uh, at the beginning of November. It looks like this. You ever seen these little paper rings, like little countdown things? Usually they're made by kids. Um, this one was made by my wife. And it was the the reason for it uh, was uh, we I have a, a strict. Uh, no Christmas music uh, until after Thanksgiving sort of holiday in the home just to kind of, you know, prepare the house and, and, and do it right. And so she made this at some point early November or late October. Um, and you'd think it'd be a countdown to Thanksgiving, like based on the colors and how many days it was. Uh, and this was a countdown until she could play Christmas music in the home. And and if this was like October 20th or whatever, she made it to about right in here somewhere. And then and then we started playing the music. And then I said, and then she she wrote, it's beginning to look a lot like Thanksgiving everywhere. And I was like, yeah, I see what you're doing here. Uh, and it's not working. But um, we tend to uh, like and adhere to countdowns in our lives towards events that we are psyched about. Um, some sort of a vacation and you say 24 days until vacation, until I'm in Cabo or whatever, uh, countdown until the wedding, uh, countdown until the divorce is final, something, we're all over the place on this sort of thing. But uh, we we tend to appreciate and like uh, countdowns and we do it in, in different forms. Maybe it's a little uh, thing on our, a widget on our phone that has like a little track thing. Maybe it is something like this, a calendar, we get to X out some 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 boxes or do whatever. Uh, but we we find ourselves uh, naturally inclined to participate in something like that. And because of that, the church, and I don't mean this church, I mean the church, capital C Church, um, a long time ago decided to participate or start uh, sort of a countdown sort of thing for Christmas. And it's called, they call it Advent, which the, the word just meant the arrival or the coming, uh, the, uh, the preparatory time for celebrating and putting ourselves in a position to be able to celebrate Christmas properly. On the church calendar, Christmas starts on Christmas Day and extends 12 days after Christmas, which is why you get the, the song, the 12 Days of Christmas piece. Um, everything up until Christmas, we have it backwards in our culture because we like celebrate Christmas like crazy. And then what happens is we like come stumbling to the finish line. Like you guys show up on Christmas Eve and l- looking like a marathon runner, Ironman runner at, at the end of like the race and your legs are like kind of wobbling. You're like, we're almost there, guys. We almost did it. And you know, all my shopping done everything's good and everybody's here and we're all dressed right for pictures and then we do it and you go home and then on december 26 you're like i cannot wait to get this christmas tree out of my house and all my life back to normal 
uh, which is backwards for how it's supposed to go. This is supposed to be the prep time. If you've ever, um, if you've ever been around somebody who's like a disciplined person at a big event coming up their life, and you watch them, they change their diet, they change their sleeping habits, all because of this this game that they're going to play, or uh, this event, or this wedding. You saw them just like all of a sudden they started working out, and you're like, yeah, you get it, man. You're gonna look good in that tux, and you you realize like that's a discipline, that's a preparation for today, and then that day arrives, and uh, everything it, it just you you respect the weight you respect the um the, uh, the ability to kind of put that sort of effort into waiting on something that person waited well for that event and so the church a long time ago says i oh, we want to teach you how to wait well for the day of christmas and so i as a pastor of this church feel an obligation to do this and we've done this every year that we've been uh, in an existence uh, i don't try and be creative about like series titles for uh, Christmas every year, it's always Advent. And it's the four Sundays leading up to Christmas Day. And I grew up in a home. Uh, my dad was a pastor, but it was my mom who really spearheaded this effort um, to be able to lead us through the the kind of liturgical Advent sort of season. And we did this a couple of different ways. Primarily at, at night, she would gather us around the coffee table in the living room uh, on the couches. And she had what was, an, what was called an Advent wreath. You can still, they're still out there. Um, we had the little countdown like chocolates things or, or whatever. We had that, but this was this was more, um, there's four candles uh, around centered around one giant one in the middle. The one in the middle represented Christmas Day. You didn't like that one until Christmas Day. Uh, but then every Sunday uh, leading up every from the fourth one out, you would light one candle and then we would read a devotional. My mom would read a devotional uh, and then we would sing a song. And uh, that was the most embarrassing part of it, obviously, uh, as, a, as a teenager growing up and your voice is all over the place, right? And you're like, oh, you guys sing, I'll just watch or I'll light the candle. And that was the most exciting part of, uh, by far, the whole event was who got to light the candle. I mean, guys, things got violent. I had three younger sisters and it, the idea uh, was everybody gets a turn to be able to light one. Um, but if you've ever met my mom and I love her so much, but her short-term memory is just a little bit out of whack. And my sister's persuasive abilities to be like, it was Brent last night. And I'll be like, are you kidding me? Do we have cameras that we can show that I have not lit in like at all ever? Like it's my turn to light. And so then, you know, uh, anyways, Brittany would light it and, and we go from there. So that's how it all played out for me. Uh, and I remember, uh, listening to my mom lead these devotionals. And it was interesting because, my dad was the full-time pastor. I mean, he was in, but, but, but again, my mom would be the one that would be like, I'm going to read this portion. Then we're going to reflect on this verse together. Uh, and then we're going to sing a Christmas carol. I remember them being very, um, melancholy, uh, a little bit dark, a little bit, um, not, I wouldn't say it's not negative or pessimistic, but it was just like, it was hopeful, but not in the sense of we have most of what we want and we're just hopeful for like a cherry on top. We have our ice cream sundae. We just need a cherry on top. It was like, I'm hungry and I need filling, right? And so it was like this very, very almost sort of desperate times. It would, it would talk about uh, a lot of time the annunciation of of, uh, of the angel to Mary and what Mary was going through as a person. The the, the drama that surrounded J uh, Joseph get, being given this news and given the option. Of what do you got? How are you going to handle this relationship now? These these wise men who come from afar and that like deaths involved and and, and we, we you know the, the stuff that doesn't get a lot of play on, on a lot of the Christmas movies about the nativity uh, about Herod killing all of the children uh, in, in a voice crying out for mama. All these these deaths 
of these kids as he's trying to kind of solve the situation himself. Like that just doesn't look good on a flannel graph. And, and we don't teach that to your kids, but that's a part of the nativity story. And we kept going through these advent stories at this. And this was kept coming up. And I'd be like, this is so antithetical to everything that I get outside of this room in this evening. Because when you and I go to the mall or when we go to – who goes to the mall anymore? Sorry, Brent. Uh, when you go shopping online and like the music starts playing or when you get in the car or whatever, all of the music and all of the vibes around Christmas is traditionally what? what? Like extremely positive. Why? Because they're trying to get you into the mood, the divine mood of gifting right? Or buying things to kind of supplement things or paying, you know, showing somebody how much you love them by how much you're willing to spend on them this year. Like that's been the driving force that it's a, it's a marketing piece and it tends to be very uplifting and that's great. And one of the things maybe you love about Christmas, even if you're not like particularly religious is the uplifting things uh, uh, that, that surround this whole holiday that everybody just seems nicer, that giving is always up like 300% in the month of December from any other time of the year for nonprofits that volunteering, everyone wants to volunteer. Everybody wants to give out uh, meals on Christmas day. All right. And, and then mid January comes along and nobody's at the mission to help out or whatever. Right. We always, but in those moments, we, we love this. We love the, the, the picturesque of it. We love the weather being to turn like there's snow on the ground or or there's there's hope of the first snow right and then by february you're so sick of snow you're done with it so it's weird it's all of this at the beginning that's so very anticipating and hopeful and then there's and then there's advent and then there's this invitation to walk this well-worn path of people who for centuries have gone through this and participated in this anticipating the coming and the arrival of the king and yet when we do it, when we participate, when we read through it, as we're going to over the next couple of weeks, it's not, it's, it's not happy-go-lucky music. It's not this. It's very, very um, melancholy. It's very, very, it can be dark. It's and intentionally so. I think that's the point uh, of it. It's trying to get us somewhere. It's trying to put us in a position to appreciate, to not, to not cross the finish line at Christmas Eve uh, with like barely anything left in our sails. But, but in a position to be so stinking hopeful of Christmas Day and what that, what that story represents for each and every one of us. And so and if you're a Christian, um, it's hard to ignore the church history behind this approach. I mean, the, the, the theology alone in some of the Christmas carols that we sing is so incredibly deep. My wife and I were driving the other day and we, we had turned it on. It was, well, I'm not, I'm not going to say the other day because, again, I, it was after Thursday. So it was either Friday or Saturday. Those are the two day options. And we're sitting there and we were listening to this song and uh, uh, Come Thou Fount came on, which is a Christmas legend. And that line that's in there that says, uh, Come Thou Fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. We were like, and Kylie was like, man, did you hear that? Like, let me play this again for you. Tune my heart, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Just so stinking beautiful. And so uh, lucky for us, for those of us who identify as Christian and are, and we've, we've said from the beginning what Eastlake is, we're trying to be an interpretive community, uh, trying to look at this text and trying to figure out what it means to discern to live in the way of Jesus in 2023 in our neck of the woods, right? That's all we're trying to do. Uh, that we, we believe that Jesus taught a certain way of doing life, that we think it's the best way to do life. We think that there was a divine background on that, divine bias of this is how you should do it. There's an authority there that we should probably listen to. So anyways, we're just trying to figure out what that means. We don't, we think we might have some, some, uh, glimpses and we're trying our best to get to get there um and so if that's true then what the church has said about this is what you know the story of jesus means in terms of his arrival is something that we probably should kind of focus some attention on so 
we're going to do that. If you're not really a Christian and you're kind of kicking tires or just exploring or a friend bribes you to come for lunch afterwards or something like that, that's great. So my my encouragement to you would be this. What if a more measured, tempered, reflective approach helped bring a proper perspective to arguably our biggest and our best holiday? Even if you're not religious, I think that there's something you've seen that or you felt that imagery of like that I'm finishing a marathon as I'm coming across. And you go, man, I wish that wasn't always the case. I wish I didn't wake up on Christmas day and, and like, like, let's do the gifts. Let's do this. But I'm just, I'm so exhausted. I'm so excited for all of this to be over with. What if that didn't have to be the case, right? That's the invitation that we're invited to uh, do this as well. What would it like for us and me and you and us together to wait, to wait well, to have that sort of, I'm waiting, but I'm doing things in the preparation piece of it. I'm disciplining myself. I'm, I'm trying to take an, a measured approach to things so that I'm better to go uh, on the way up. So uh, like this year, like every year as a church, we're going to play along. And I don't mean fake it in terms of playing along. I mean that there is an element of play into what it takes to be able to do what we're going to do. It's going to take some effort and it's going to take uh, some work. I'm going to invite you more than probably most series that I do. If you've been a part of Eastlake for any length of time, you know we teach in series, we teach on different topics, and then I'll give you some homework perhaps, like questions to consider or things to think. But but for the most part, you come, you listen, you go about your merry way, and my encouragement to you is take this and interpret it for what it might mean for you in your season. And for the, I don't give you a ton of stuff and, and resources afterwards, but in this one, it's going to get really, really practical, and I'm going to invite you to kind of do something more than just sit and listen. And I think it's important to do that. And I think that sometimes that there's a tangible thing that is so critically important about that that we miss. Like I had my son, my son Clive, he just turned six, uh, come up to me. We've been spending more time together this week than usual because school's been out and, you know, holidays and all that good stuff. And he came up to me uh, like Thursday morning, Friday morning, one of the two, and said, uh, uh, oh, it was Friday because Kylie was out shopping. It was just me and him and, and my uh, two kids. And he goes, Dad, can I show you some forts? I want to show you some forts. And I was like, oh, you built some forts. Let's go see him. And uh, and I start walking back to some of the bedrooms or downstairs. And he goes, no, 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 it's outside. And I was like, oh, that's cold. You sure you want to go see these forts? He's like, yeah, Dad, this is where the, the clans live. This is their den. He's like, oh, it's like, we live sort of by the river. You have to like walk a little ways, but um, on the on the Chiawana Park side. And, uh, and so like there's... Um, you know, there's the park and then there's like not the park, that area that's like, oh, don't go down there at night, that kind of thing. Uh, and so uh, he's like, it's back in there. I want to go explore in there. I want to go exploring like Huck Finn, like all these kind of stuff. I'm like, oh, wow, that requires a jacket and uh, a beanie. And hmm, can you tell me about it, buddy? How about you just tell me about it? And he goes, no, nah, nah, I want to show you about it. And I was like, tell you what, I'm going to watch from the window and you go and wave at me and, and all this kind of stuff. Right. And you're like, that's terrible. That's not a good dad. You're right. So what did I do? There are things, I know this as well as you know this, there are things I cannot experience with my kid watching from the window. That sometimes you got to put a jacket and a beanie on, get your hands dirty a little bit. So that's what we did. We went exploring and it was great. It was fun. But I, I listen, you, if you just keep coming back on Sundays, I, I'll keep telling you about it. Can you tell me about it, Brent? I'll, I'll keep talking about it. Absolutely. But also there's a, why don't you participate a little bit? Why don't you do something with this? Why don't you go and track it? So uh, for today, what I want to do is I want to talk about three practical ways in which you can participate in Advent and inviting you, and we can do this together as a community, which is great. Uh, and then I will go into like a like a specific theological sort of, because you're going to be like, there's nothing in here that's like 
you know, where's the Bible at, right? Good question. We'll get there, okay? So just set that aside for a second. But I want to talk about some Advent resources that I wanted to make available for you as we are processing through this together. And it comes up in three different ways, three different ways to kind of participate in Advent practices. All of them are going to be on a website we added uh, this week called eastlakechristcity.com slash Advent. You can go there. Um, on the homepage of it, you'll see a button up on top because of the season that we're in. It's easy to do. And if you get our weekly emails, then you'll see it'll be at the top of that weekly email uh, as well. But if you go there, you'll see uh, three things. Number one, I put together what's called an Advent playlist. And here's what I mean by that. Christmas music is like a thing like no other holiday that we have. Like people put out Christmas albums. I've never heard of anybody putting out a Valentine's Day album, all right? Or a Veterans Day album. You know what I mean? Like just if you heard Mariah Carey's new Veterans Day album, it's, oh, it's bonkers. Uh, you've never heard that. But Christmas albums, like they're coming, they come out of the woodwork and they, it, it's, it's all over the place. And let's be honest, come on, there's a lot of garbage Christmas music out there. There's a ton of it. The other day we were in the car uh, with London, my oldest, and uh, she was on the video just a second ago. And she had one of her friends in there. I said, Lily, hey, what's your, because uh, this had come up earlier in the conversation, what's your least favorite Christmas music song? What's the, what's the song that is in the proverbial Christmas canon? But like every time it comes on, you're like, oh, how did this make it? And you have one too. You know you do. In fact, here's what I want you to do. You've got three seconds. You don't even need three seconds. I want you to turn to somebody that you came here with and tell them the Christmas song that you cannot believe is still in our Christmas canon. And I'm not kidding. Ready, set, go. Or if you're by yourself, then just think about it and write it down or whatever. But what's the song? What song sucks and you know it and everyone knows it and you can't believe it? See? There's a reason, there's a reason it's not quiet right now. Like everyone's like, well, I have no idea. You know exactly what it is. Last Christmas by Wham, that's gotta be up there. Paul McCartney, whatever that one that he sings, it's awful, awful. There's one that I in particular was trying to get Lily to say because my wife and I were having a conversation about it. Uh, it's a song called uh, Christmas Rapping with a W. Uh, see what they did? Uh, by the waitresses. And uh, you, you don't, maybe don't know what I'm talking about right now, but if, if I started to sing it, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's terrible. It's awful. And uh, I encourage you, if, if nothing, don't do it right now. Cause that'd be like, and I'm talking to you right now. That'd be embarrassing. But like later on, look for it, listen to it and be like, yeah, that's the one. You're like, how, how did this get in? Listen, uh, there, as, mu as, as much garbage as there is, there's some really, as I mentioned earlier, some really incredible takes on some great Advent Christmas music. And I put together what I think is a really good playlist, and it's on that website. It's on Spotify. Um, you, you don't have to have Spotify to listen to it. You can go there and just click it and play it. My encouragement to you would be this. Over the next couple of weeks, instead, instead of listening to How It's a Marshmallow World in December and Whipped Cream Skies, why not, why not, take a little bit of time to invest your mind into a little bit more fruits and veggies uh, sort of music in terms of health, you know, like good, good, good for you sort of music. Okay. I'm, and, and listen, I'm not saying that it's all bad and that you can't go and, and whatever we're going to on the, we, we, you, you're probably thinking to yourself, Brent, you're a hypocrite. You played Christmas music. I, I listened to Mariah, Mariah Carey on the way in this morning in the lobby. You're right. It's going to happen. It's unavoidable. You can't even, Go to Starbucks without, without hearing that kind of stuff, right? But sometime for you, would you do yourself a favor and come up with your Advent sort of playlist, a, a playlist that centers 
your mind around the, this type of a season and what kind of a music that this needs to be. I did. I started one for you. Feel free to take it and use it for what you want. Um, and then edit your own uh, for that. Okay, that's number one. Number two is find an Advent devotional. Here's the beautiful thing about Advent. There's devotionals coming out of ears. Everybody's kind of written one the same way that everybody's produced a Christmas album. Uh, there are Advent devotionals for uh, parents. There's ones for kids. There's ones for single people, divorced people. There's ones for uh, people who, uh, you know, eat chocolate. I don't know. There's all kinds of crazy stuff out there. So you can find one uh, that works for you. I've put four or five of the ones that our family or myself have gone through recently in years uh, on the website as well. One of them is one that my mom wrote. As I mentioned, she was a big proponent of it for us. A few years ago, she came out with one, and this is what it looks like. Uh, she gave us a few copies uh, that are going to be on the uh, on the next steps table in the lobby. You're welcome to them. We're not charging you for it. It's all it's all free. I don't like you know. Uh, there's no affiliate links on any of the links. We don't do anything. Like that. Just I just want you to find one and and go through it. Now, if you're going to take one, uh, the only request is that you promise that you actually use it and don't just put it on a bookshelf and make it look good for photos or whatever. But find one. Uh, and then whether you lead yourself through it, your, your kids through it, your spouse through it, um, or whatever, or friends or something like that. And confession, we did not do it every night. We did it maybe three nights a week. And is it painful? Is it like herding cats every time with our kids? Absolutely. It's like the worst five minutes of the night. You know what I mean? It's really hard. But um, it will be worth it. I, I, will, I promise you. Like, to just center our minds around that. You don't have to sing the song. They're really you know, self-explanatory on there. And then lastly... All right. Lastly, we came up with what we call our 12 days of where love. We just started this a few years ago. Where love is our outreach extension as a church. This is how we kind of invest in the community and give back through volunteering. We, we want to find a way to make a difference in the world. We said at the very beginning of the year, find your people, uh, grow spiritually, whatever that looks like, and then um, uh, make a difference in the world and make a difference in your, in your community. And so uh, we partner with different where love organizations throughout the Tri-Cities, some of them local, some of them uh, around the world. Um, and when you show up as a guest, we donate money, yada, 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 all that kind of stuff. But we also looked at our at this calendar this year and specifically said, of the initiatives that we support, what are some volunteer opportunities or what, what are some ways that we can connect with them? And so we printed some of these out. They are on the Next Step table as well. It's on the website. If we run out, because I know first service was a little greedy. Um, sorry about that. You should have showed up earlier. Uh, there, there's a few of them left out there and then we'll have more next week, but, um, 12 options. You don't have to do them on any specific day. You don't have to do all 12. You can go out of order. I don't really care, but different ideas. If you're like, I want to, I want to leverage this generosity that I'm feeling and do something actually good, then that's ways to participate. All of that incredibly practical. Now, where's the Bible and all this? Where's the text? Let's get there. You ready? All right. Art has always played a pretty big role in Advent. Um, that there seems to be a large proliferation of uh, high, specifically high art, like you know, like the oil canvas paintings, the ones that are in museums you have to pay and go see, centered around the Annunciation, uh, the birth of Christ, uh, the shepherds, the starry night, the, all the all the kinds of different. That was Van Gogh. That's a different thing, but it doesn't matter. Uh, all kinds of different takes on this Advent story that are, that are a big deal. And for, for good reason. Um, for many, many centuries, most of the average people were illiterate. And so a book about what happened wouldn't tell and communicate nearly as much as art would. Uh, and so in an effort to kind of communicate the values and the stories and the things behind the stories, art is used or art was used to, to do that. Less so now. 
Um, we we don't have as much high art. We have more contemporary art. We have more, you know, people. I drew this on, or I photoshopped this and put this thing together. But it still communicates. There's still something about a picture that is worth a thousand words. There's still something about art that kind of gets us and moves us and has us think about different things and and you know stirs up something in us that that we we long for or like. And we'd be like, I don't know why I like this, but I do like this. Or I don't know why I don't like this, but I don't like this. Or uh, truths about how I see the world are reflected by this artist and by this person. You may even have an artist who, whatever they do, you tend to lean towards their look, their style, their way of doing things. My wife came across one a couple of years ago. His name is Scott the Painter. He's on Instagram. Um, his art is displayed on the hallway, uh, on the ramp, on the way down, if you noticed it on your way in, or you will notice it on your way out now that I've mentioned it. He did an Advent series a couple of years ago, an Advent art show thing. And these were some of the pictures of it. Uh, as a result of that, then he took those arts and he was a he is, was, is a pastor and wrote little devotionals to go with those art pieces as well and wrote a book called Honest Advent. That's the one I'm personally going through this year. And you vicariously through me being up here and having a microphone are going through it as well. So congratulations. Um, and uh, one of those was a picture. This was the one I remember vividly of my wife on her phone at one point scrolling and be like, God, Brent, look at this. Look at this. This is so, this is so powerful, this picture. Uh, Scott calls it motherhood, titles it motherhood. He stole, he, it's a cover photo. It's a, the original painting was done by uh, a nun who lives in a, monast or a, a convent in Iowa, which of, of all places. Um, she called it the sisters. Um, but it's a, a picture of Eve and Mary having an interaction. And um, there's different ways to kind of interpret what is going on here. Scott, in his book, in his devotional piece, talks about two specific ones or his takeaways. Um, he says that Eve is ex experiencing hope and grace from a brokenness she never thought she'd see an end to. We all know the story of Eve, Genesis 1, 2, 3, eats the apple, kicked out of the garden, uh, sin enters the world. Um, they're no longer welcome. Everything that they found to be normal is now not normal, and everything they found to be true is now questionable and they find themselves incredibly lost, wondering, is there any hope? And what, what does life look like outside of the garden? Is there an, any end to the grief that I've experienced? And it's almost as if Mary's offering it, saying, this is the beginning of the story. Here is the proverbial start of the end of the story. The hope that comes through Jesus found inside of Mary. Another way of looking at it is from the flip side is uh, instead of uh, Eve getting relief from Mary, it, he says, but you could look at it in the way of Mary getting relief from Eve as well. Eve, uh, a knowing mom bestowing wisdom and compassion on a new mom who's going through a first time experience of what it looks like and feels like to be a mom, to have someone inside of you kicking around in you and living those hopes and dreams of what is the future for my child and what is this going to look like and who's going to look like as if to say parenting is one of the greatest and hardest adventures of a lifetime. You'll love your children and want to have them forever. But Eve would say this, but you may see one of them die before their time. And it's the absolute worst feeling in the world. Oftentimes part of the story that we forget about Eve, first two sons, Cain and Abel, uh, get into a, a bickering, a, a fight thing. There's sacrifice to be made. You can read about it in Genesis, but uh, eventually uh, the oldest kills the younger, murders him. It's like a story where, you, you know, for those of you who don't have kids or don't have boys, you know, how could a, a brother take out his vengeance in such a violent way against his his brother, his flesh and blood brother? And you, if you're a parent of two boys, go, no, I could see how that can get there. No, there's 
it's always on the table. Um, you know, uh, hope that they don't choose that path, but it's, it's not anyways, um, to, to find, to have, and to experience that as a parent, um, having to bury your child or watch your child die early. I mean, we, I don't know on your list of things that would suck in this world, but, um, if you've ever had somebody go through that or perhaps God forbid you have to go through that. I mean, that's the one, that's a phrase that we often use. A parent should never have to bury their child. Can you imagine the emotions going on in that and watching them die and Eve saying, I've felt that. And that's going to, that, I mean, in this picture, uh, prepping Mary for being there on that day when he's crucified and Mary, as we get in all the gospel stories is there watching nearby Weeping, watching what she thought was the hope of the world, just like all of us die before her very eyes, communicating that we know what that is like and what that is goes through, and it's the absolute worst. So the beautiful part of art is you can be like, ah, oh, I see it this way, I see it this way, or perhaps another way. Um, so for me, as I'm as I'm looking at this and as I'm reflecting on this painting this week and doing my even advent as I'm prepping and, and leading up to this, I'm, I'm see this and I I'm reminded that for Christians and for the church specifically, the time of Advent is almost like a time warp. It reminds me that they see time and they experience time different than oftentimes we see and experience time. Like for us, you know, we look at it in, in a very linear sort of way. We look at this photo and be like, well, that couldn't have happened. Mary lived way after Eve lived. You know what I mean? And we would perhaps give a free pass because it's art and we kind of, you know, understand that that's not, we're not trying to be actual or reality fact driven, but it points to the fact that for Christians and specifically for Israel, uh, growing up when they would experience Passover, that was a rhythm of life for them, a season of life that they, they didn't see time as linear as we see it. For them, life was about rhythms and about life as it goes for us in sort of a, we wouldn't say it this way, but a Greek sort of mindset is we live in the present. There's a future and there's a past. It's all spatial for us. This is where I'm at now. That's where I want to be someday. That's where I came from. So it's all positioning in whatever. And I, I'm always moving forward on this one way street that is called the time of my life. And from a Hebrew perspective, life is about rhythms that we enter into and out of rhythms all the time. So when we are asked, what time is it? Um, you know, some of us would say, well, it's about 11 o'clock on a Sunday, November 26, 2023. And a Jewish person would say it's Advent time or the church as a result of participating in Advent would say it's Advent time. Soon it will be Christmas time and then it will be Easter time. And then it will be the post uh, Easter sort of Pentecost time and anticipation. Then it will be, uh, what do they call everyday time or the, the, the regular time or whatever. Um, all of these different times that we go into as in things operate in seasons for them, which is why Ecclesiastes chapter three in this Old Testament book that kind of shows up, here's what they say. There's a time for everything a season uh, for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plan, a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build. What time is it? Guys, it's time to plant, right? They look at the weather, they look at the season, they go, this is the time that we plant. What day, they, don't, they didn't have days, they operated a lot more kind of a, on a fluid venue of time. See, for us, we like things to be predictable and efficient. 
we'd say, I'm going to, on, I'm going on my vacation on such and such a date. And then what we, what do we do? Then we put in for our, our work request, our vacation request. And we say, dear boss, who's awesome. I would like to take off uh, such and such date. I will be back on Monday. Right. And then they either approve it or reject it based on that. If they, and, and, and then there's no expectations. It's very, very clear about when I'm coming and when I'm going to be gone. For Jewish people, they're like, <laughs> or for in, under this mindset of rhythms, there's like, there's a time to vacation and there's a time to work. And this is a time for me to be on vacation, right? And the boss is like, well, when are you coming back? I don't know. There's a time to work and a time to be on vacation. They're like, ah, you're unemployed, right? So that doesn't work as well. So we figured out that we need a little bit more efficiency in this. But you also know this, that there are some times when you're on vacation where you're not mentally on vacation, that somebody has to remind you to be here. Like you are, you, you're, you're somewhere else. Like your, your mind isn't here. You're not really on, maybe it takes you two or three days to be in vacation mode. But in that mode, you, you understand that life is kind of, which one is true? They both are. They both are, right? Yes, we need to be, learn to be efficient. We need to have times and, and calendars and, and, you know, service always starts at 9, 15 and 10, 30. That's how it works around here. You, you don't show up. You, you wouldn't like it. You wouldn't respect me if I was like, there's just, a, I'm just not feeling it. I'm just not in the season right now. Like, let's just like, you know, seasonally, let's do it tonight, you know, or I don't know, whenever I'll just be around, we'll figure it out. And you'd be like, no, that's not going to work. So I get it, but we also understand the value of time and how the, these seasons work. And so the, this Advent season, the church a long time ago, this is the rhythm that we're entering into. The rhythm that we are going into is that we want to get to a spot where we remember at the core of our being that life is dark. And oftentimes when it's at its darkest moment, when we're so desperate for light, that's when the Jesus story begins to show up. So what did they do? They positioned this story towards the winter solstice sort of event where the times begin to shift, where the days are at their shortest, the nights are at their longest. And all of a sudden the sun starts showing that the light appears a little bit more tomorrow than it did today. And it gets to be more and more and more and more. So when the early church said, when do we get to celebrate this Christmas thing? We're going to push it into this. Do I think that Jesus was actually born on December 25th? Not to get controversial here. I don't know. Who cares? It doesn't matter. I know there's all kinds of people who are like, well, there was a, there was a really bright star back thousands of years ago. And I'm like, I don't, who, maybe, 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 well, I don't know. My faith doesn't rest on that. What I do trust in is I do think that the church looked at it and said, that would be a great season to illustrate it because we feel it within our bones. It's colder, it's darker. And then all of a sudden, what do we want? Longer days. What do we want? More sun. What do we want? More light, more heat, more warmth more reason for existence, more this. Maybe if we can position it during that season, we will feel that tacitly within our bones. That in our darkest moments, God shows up once again. That for the, for the Israelites, when did Jesus uh, do his little Passover? I mean, or when did he do his last meal with his disciples? He did it on Passover. When is he in town to be able to make that happen? He did this to recognize, listen, the Israelites, they're at their darkest moments. They're stuck in, in Egypt. They're being slaves. Things are getting worse for them. They're, they're now being, being uh, the expectations for what they're supposed to produce and the supplies and the resources that they're, begin, uh, that they're given to produce those results are, are becoming less and less and the expectations are rising more and more. It is a dark season for them. And that's when, God shows up and did not forget who his people were. Leading Paul later 
in Romans, in his letter to the Roman church, is he's trying to help them make sense of who Jesus was. Remember, Paul would, would go and start a bunch of different churches, but in Rome, he didn't start this church. He was just offering advice, trying to help them make sense of who Jesus was. This was before the gospels were written and distributed all over. This was before the New Testament was in place. There's just people trying to make sense of the Jesus story. And he writes to them and he says, here's how you can make sense of the Jesus story. When we were at our worst, when we needed it most, God showed up in that moment. Or as he likes to actually say this, or in the actual text of this. When we were utterly helpless, Romans chapter five, verse six, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. That there has always been an element of time involved in how and what it looks like to be the people of God, to follow into the way of Jesus. That God has a history of showing up just when we need him to. And oftentimes that could be at our deepest and darkest moments. And Advent is an invitation to participate in reliving that every single year so that we live with the hope that even when it's really, really dark out, we hope for the presence of a light to begin to shine. That is what Advent is all about. So I leave you with a quote by a guy named Henry Nowen who wrote a pieces on Advent. And here's what he writes about this. The Lord is coming, always coming. When you have ears to hear and eyes to see, you will recognize him at any moment of your life. Life is Advent. Life is recognizing the coming of the Lord. He says this, he writes about this during an Advent season. Like we're gonna focus on it now because the rhythms of our year help us to do this. But this is just an accompany, you know, this is part and parcel of life that we do this in general, that we live in brokenness, living with the hope that someday things get fixed, that someday longings are resolved, that someday light shows up in this darkness that I find myself oftentimes in. That I hope for something beyond this, that life is Advent. Life is recognizing the coming of the Lord. So for the next couple of weeks, we, along with churches all around the world and throughout history, in a weird time warp of emotions, that we are closer to Advent, the original time of, and they're thinking, closer to the original experiences of, of the birth of Christ during this season than at any point during the year. Meaning, you, you know, on a linear scale, that's not true. We look at it and say, July, I was, I was closer to the original story of Jesus in July than I am now because I'm further away in our Greek linear time thing. But we know that that's not necessarily true. We are closer now because of the season, because of all of the things that we walked through on our way in, by the way that we hear, by the, the surrounding things, by the, the festivities of what we do. We are closer now than this. So we are, maybe we wake and wake up to the reality of the time that we are in. When we recognize what season that we're in, when we recognize, as now one says, that this is a part and parcel of our life, that life is Advent. But for a couple of weeks, we are gonna settle in. We're gonna grab some resources at the free book table. We're gonna go on the website. We're gonna participate. We're gonna go to put our jacket on and our beanie on, and we're gonna head down to the river to go check out the forts with the kids. All right, let's pray. Father, our prayer is that you would help that to be true for us. May we participate. May we join the well-traveled uh, path, the well-trodden path of the Christians who have gone before us and the people who have said, this is so important. May we prepare ourselves and prepare our hearts well for the adventure that you're calling us into.
Give us wisdom on what that looks like in our life. I encourage to do something about it in your name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you've got more questions about the church or community group options for connecting with East Lakers outside of Sunday mornings, I'd encourage you to check out our website, eastlaketricities.com, or better yet, download our app by searching East Lake Tri-Cities in your favorite app store.